Welcome to our world. Here in this realm, this is our unshakable state of being. We don't listen, we learn to hear. We don't think, we investigate. We don't accept, we question. We don't act, we express. We don't feel, we experience. We transcend the polar opposites. We bridge the gap of the great divide. We bring second sight to the artificially blind. We bring reason to the insanity. We bring clarity to the confusion. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be silenced. We cannot be censored. We cannot be eliminated. We are the light that rises to meet the darkness. We are the legion of the true believers. The community that continues to gather where the unknown connects to the empowered. Welcome to the show. Do you ever wonder if there's more to this life? More than what exists in this three-dimensional reality? More than what your five senses can perceive? There is. And all you have to do to experience it become a true believer oh yes 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 true believers it is that time again time for the show where the unknown connects with the empowered this is the season finale of unexplained incorporated i'm your host phantom phil and of course it is always this time of the week Time to open our minds and hearts, expand our consciousness, and most of all, get a little bit weird. And uh, just before I introduce my first of three guests, not doing the formal intro today, we're going right into it. Bang, bang, bang. Just want to remind everyone, you can connect with the show and myself on Facebook, Unexplained Incorporated, at PhantomPhil3 on Twitter unexplainedinc.com where you can listen to every single episode and the patreon which launched may 1st of this year patreon.com slash unexplainedinc there's going to be a major announcement involving that in segment number two segment number three will have a returning guest who has been on very recently for the first time and she's going to do a card poll for us, the collective, during the summer, and for the show itself. But first, 
I would like to welcome back a very special guest. I was thinking about this earlier today. This person, I don't think, has connected with the show in a whopping about 16 months or so, which is crazy to think about because this person's a big uh, a big piece of the evolution of Unexplained Inc., and I've tried to help him out as much as I can in return. We're here to catch up and talk about some current happenings and we'll explain how this came about because this was not the original plan but that's all right i'm glad how it's all worked out so uh guest number one please take the time to identify yourself because it's been so long well thanks phil uh i'm jeremy from the infinite rabbit hole podcast it's uh it's a pleasure to be back man this is awesome thank you yeah so this guy since i last talked to him He's got another addition to his family. He's literally packed up and moved with his fam halfway across the country. I don't believe he's in the Navy anymore or not working in the Navy anymore. Like, that's all behind him. And his show, The Amazing Infinite Rabbit Hole, has gone through a crazy facelift. So, uh, Jeremy, just before we start there, I just want to let you in, the true believers, know that not one but two different guests had to postpone on me for this episode. <laughs> so having you here, like I said, was not part of the plan, but I don't want you to feel like that we're only talking as a last resort. I would never put you through that or make you feel that way. And if we didn't have this conversation here tonight, I would have found a spot for you to come on in the upcoming fall season. But I got put into a pinch and I went through, you know, my Rolodex and I said, okay, who can I get to come on on short notice that will actually, you know, contribute value? And we had a chat, I don't know, a couple of months back saying that, hey, I'm probably ready to come back on the show at any time. So that was still fresh on my mind. So uh, (laughs) I just wanted to get that off my chest. And now, Jeremy, the floor is yours because... Infinite Rabbit Hole made an appearance on here, I believe, in February of 2022. And now things literally have zero resemblance to what they did back then in terms of your show. So pick it up to wherever you would like to start, because I know a lot's gone down. Yeah, well, I want to start off by saying, you know, thank you again. That's uh, no harm, no foul, because I I wish more people would reach out in a pinch to me, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, you know, I, I love my podcast family and people, you know, I'm very approachable and I, I like to, to, uh, at least look like I'm approachable and sound like I'm approachable. <laughs> so by all means, no, this is great. Uh, I was, I was very excited to, to get the invite. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, I'm no longer in the Navy. Uh, I'm doing my own thing here in, uh, in a uh, good old Wisconsin now. Well, it's a life, it's a lifestyle change. I'll tell you what. It's a good thing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the infinite rabbit hole, yeah, you know, I haven't really even given my own listeners a uh, a very solid explanation about what's going on with the show. So, you know, what? I'll do it here. Um, yeah, go right ahead. Basically, you know, we've gone through a, a rotation of hosts in in the past, and. Uh, you know, I, I started off the show with my buddy Jake, really, really good friend. He's my best friend, you know, yeah. I think I've ever had in my life, to be honest with you. Um, and it just, 
it got to a point where, you know, for the second time he was like, Hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta leave the show again because I got other stuff going on. And trust me, he's got some, some great stuff going on. And I, I wish him the best. I tell him that every day. Um, but I saw this as an opportunity to kind of do what I wanted to do originally with the show. The show wasn't ever really meant to be a talk show. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, if you're, if you've ever listened to the show, you can hear the show, the episodes where I present, uh, they're very documentary-esque. Um, and that's kind of what I like to do. I like to document the things that I find interesting. The infinite rabbit hole, as you will. And I found an opportunity to say, all right, Jake, you know, that's cool, man. I wish you the best. Uh, I'm also going to cut ties with the other two hosts, uh, Kenzar and, and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um not, you know, maybe cut ties was a little bit of a harsh, harsh term to say there because it wasn't necessarily cutting ties. It was just like, hey, man, you know, I kind of want to do my own thing right now. Yeah. And uh, I want to take control of the show and make it what I wanted it to be. I mean, Infinite Rabbit Hole is my baby. I love it. Um, and now I want to I want it to be me. Um, absolutely nothing wrong with the way the show was. I'm proud of what it did. Um but it's not necessarily what I wanted out of it. You know, I wanted to become a serious wrecking ball in the world of documenting the strange. And that's what I'm going to do. So I, I no longer have time limits on my episodes. I mean, right now I think we're going on five weeks since the last episode came out, Mm -hmm. but uh, the next episode that's going to come out is actually going to be a technically a three-parter, but I'm calling it two and a half. (laughs) okay (laughs) um we're gonna be or i am going to be documenting the uh the philadelphia experiment Mm. and it is man it is an absolute rabbit hole it's it's nuts and you know what the strangest thing you know i'm sure you do this too as a podcaster sometimes you just catch on to a topic and you just absorb as much information as you can i when i go to work i pop in another podcast that's covering the same thing and i'm like hmm you know, what? I'm covering something different. I don't don't want it to be the same. You know, obviously you 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 got to keep the skeleton there because that's the the roots of the story. But I want to I want to dig deeper than everybody else. Right. And that's what I pride myself on in the infinite rabbit hole is going. <laughs> we used to joke that we were going to page three of Google. Um, that's <laughs> that's not the case, as you can see back here. Yeah, uh, Phil, I've got I got so many books, man. Yeah, um, that's great. And I've got some stuff that just isn't documented in other shows. I mean, there's other shows that that uh, that mention it, and man, I'm just I'm so excited to release it because it's it's so far out there, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely it's intense. It really, really is. Um, and that's that's kind of like what I'm excited to do and then immediately after that i'm jumping into aquatic ape theory uh which is something else that i've been wanting to do for a very long time you know i um for also you know just to kind of put this out there too another thing that kind of uh i held back on a lot with infinite rabbit hole was in respect for jake jake is a is a uh, very christian man Mm um i I don't have a tie to a religion. Um, I'm finding more and more out about myself every day. And, you know, if it, if it turns out that, uh, that is the path, that's the path. But as of right now, that's not the path that I'm on. Um, 
So, but now that Jake's not with the show, I can cover things um, dealing with the concept of evolution, which, uh, you know, if, if you know, uh, a lot of Christians um, don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's their belief. And I'm not necessarily saying that I'm a, an advocate for evolution. Uh, not necessarily that I believe in it, you know, um, which, you know, I, I do, I do a little bit, but more of an adaptation thing, you know, and I think evolution is a, is a term that's kind of got a really negative, uh, view attached to it. And I don't know if it's because of Pokemon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, where, you know, people see evolution as something that just happens over time. Are you know not over time? Sorry, instantly yeah. or within you know hundreds of thousands of years? But no, that's I mean this is tens of thousands of years where things can adapt, and I kind of like the I like the term adaption better. But I'm really excited to dive into the topic of aquatic ape theory because it's not a topic that you know if I presented it to Jake, Jake would be like, nah, none of it exists. <laughs> no, so <laughs> I, I would be perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd yeah. be hitting a wall with it, um, which is fine. That's that's him. But now I get to I get to stretch my legs and I get to do the stuff that I really want to do. Um, but I also have a uh, another project in in the mist there, Phil. Okay, yeah. Uh, you can I talk about that? You certainly can. Absolutely. Right. Because all right, so I made a post on the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook page just a little while ago, actually a couple days, and I said. Hey, uh, you know, I apologize for all the time in between episodes, but I'm going to put out something for you guys this week. And actually what, what was supposed to happen was I was supposed to have the, the old host back on. We're just going to have a, a BSing session. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It never happened. Well, in that post, uh, I said that I would announce my new project. And I mean, we're very, I'm very far away from releasing anything. Um. But I'll I'll announce it here. There is a uh, I, I'm doing a new show. It's called Archives. Um, it will bear the the logo of the Infinite Rabbit Hole uh, just because I use the Infinite Rabbit Hole as a logo for for my material. Um, that that uh, jackalope jumping through the infinite symbol is just something that you know I use to represent my productions. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, I don't necessarily know exactly what we're going to call it, whether it's going to be archives or archives by the infinite rabbit hole or, or whatever along those lines. But I like the name archives because I think it it adequately represents what I want to do here. And, uh, I'm diving into fiction, Phil. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to get into, uh, fictional writings. I have about three stories done right now. Um, I mean, the the stories last from anywhere between fifteen minutes to I got one. It's uh, I gotta try to cut it down. Either either cut it, try to cut it down or split it into two episodes because uh, uh, it's about it's about three hours long right now. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be an it's going to be an anthology, so it's gonna be completely different stories every episode. Um, and something I've kind of tinkered with is leaving some of the episodes on cliffhangers and revisiting them in seasons to come um yeah th- i mean that's that's pretty much it i mean i have one story right now that is just i don't know if you have any horror fans out there uh but i mean it is as gruesome as i could possibly write it's <laughs> it's 
it's it's it's crazy um and i kind of impressed myself with it a little bit and i'm i'm very very proud of it and that's going to be episode one um episode two is sort of a tearjerker definitely a uh uh you know you're gonna put yourself in the position of, of this person and you're gonna be like wow this dude's life sucks <laughs> um and then you know i've got a got another one which is a historical piece uh, but if you know, if, if you know me, you know that I like monsters. I like the strange. I like the unknown. So every one of these is going to have a tie to, uh, something infinite rabbit hole esque. Good. Good. So, <laughs> um, which is, you know, a fun way to tie in the two projects together. Um, I can't say everything's going to have a Bigfoot in it, you know, <laughs> as a lot of people yeah. think, you know, think about when, when they think about infinite rabbit hole. Um, but it's going to have, aspects of the infinite rabbit hole and i think it's going to be a really really fun project that i'm looking forward to doing uh because this is part of my life where i haven't really uh done something with an interest of mine yet mm-hmm. so now you get your chance yeah yeah you know and, I, and it's it's kind of playing a role in, in why there's such big gaps between episodes right now because i'm kind of trying to mess around both you know i'm trying to split my time between my children if you will yeah um and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I've got a lot of really cool stuff for both shows coming up. Good. Good to hear. And, uh, I'm curious now, um, when you're doing these stories and they're going to be infinite rabbit hole esque, would you ever base any characters off of your day-to-day life for the show? Or would you take cases you've talked about on the show and implement them into the stories? What, like, what could you expand the infinite rabbit hole angle on these stories without, you know, giving too much away. All right. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm honestly not too afraid of giving too much away. I mean, just spoilers from a, from a, uh, story standpoint, but I can, I can kind of give you an idea, right? Uh, my historical piece is about, uh, the people who came over from England mm. and, uh, set foot on the co- East coast of the United States. And instead of coming to the states and and uh contacting native americans only they actually contacted native american tribes and tribes of sasquatch mm-hmm. um and that that's going to be like the 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 thing that goes on there and i'm going to do a whole historical piece on it too so i mean we'll we'll do pieces on the westward expansion uh from the louisiana purchase um get into some maybe you know, other parts of the world when it comes to um, exploration and such. I I really like the idea of uh, coming to new lands and not knowing what you're going to find. If, Mm -hmm. if, if, if you, if you will. Yeah. Um, And then the uh, one of them, uh, one of them is really big into lucid dreaming. That's another episode that I'll be doing is a lucid dreaming episode, um, which, which, uh, somehow, some way I tied it into a cryptid. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I focus on detail too. So, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't want to take too much time away from this because I know this isn't normally your forte. I do appreciate you giving me the, the, the time to talk about it a little bit, but yeah, I hope, I hope that's enough for you. Yeah, one more related question, because once again, it piqued my curiosity. Would you ever, like, in these writings, build, like, a mutant super cryptid 
that you know <laughs> hasn't been talked about in our world but one that's in your imagination you're like oh this monster would be so sick i'm gonna write it in my story because <laughs> you have the freedom to do it now right i do and i would be lying to you if i didn't say i already did oh sick sick um <laughs> there is the the setting is in west virginia yeah and uh i actually oh man it is man, I, the the name of the, the the story is tank and tiny and it follows these these two children uh through basically uh tank who is a, a small kid and tiny who is a big kid uh tank moves to west virginia from uh the long island sound area of connecticut and he finds himself just in the middle of this this world with these with this one creature who is just raising hell in the area and people who who are going to start reading it um or listening to it if you will sorry they're going to see immediate ties to the wendigo and yes i am fully aware that west virginia is not necessarily the area for the wendigo right you also got to understand that this is a completely fictional piece so i can do whatever i want with it yeah um i i picked let's just say that i picked west virginia for a reason and like you said if i had to create a mutant if you will of cryptids uh maybe west virginia is a hint as to what i'm going to mix this bad boy with (laughs) um so yeah it's uh it it gets this is this is the one where i went gory it's very very gory and uh it's the one i like to i like to let people read it you know within within my uh my my circle of friends i had my wife's friend read it the other day and she's like i need to know more (laughs) i was like like negative you're not going to know anything else yeah that's how it should be this is almost to me sounding a little bit of something with a Lovecraftian twist because Lovecraft, you know, had like his ancient ones, his fish people and, uh, you know, who knows what else, but like what was so intriguing about his work was that he died in the middle of completing because he was working on this, um, this arc where he had a bunch of short stories that connected to one bigger story and he never finished it. So like it, So, Only so much gets revealed and it drives the reader nuts because you're never going to know what he was fully going for. So all my fictional books are upstairs. And if I had it with me right now, I have a book. It's like this thick, Phil, yeah. like at least two, two, three inches thick. And it's just a collection of HP Lovecraft. Yes. Uh, speaking of, you know, my influences, HP Lovecraft is something. Uh, he's the original. I, and I don't know if you've read any of his really old stuff. Uh, but it's very old. <laughs> that's all. That's all I can really say. It's it's uh it's actually very difficult to to get through because of how old uh, the terminology is and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but you end up rereading it over and over again sometimes, and you you catch what he's what he's trying to to say. The translation is very difficult until you get about midway through his writing. Um, his very early stuff had uh, a lot of it wasn't really what you would think of as Lovecraftian. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's very, you know, typical fiction, not really a horror aspect or a creature aspect to it. It's not Cthulhu. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, when you get into his, his mid age and his late age stuff, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, great stuff all around. So earlier, you talked about all the people you used to work with. Most of them appeared on my show at one point in time <laughs> on Explained Inc., which was great. I loved having every single one of them. But I want a single one out right now because all of a sudden, he has become a source of relevance in the podcasting game again, and I couldn't be happier. This is something I never thought would happen. Our boy CJ has resurrected the Mystery Stone podcast, and I could not be any more excited. I'm actually going to be going over to his show soon. Oh, yeah? uh, I hope he's okay with me putting that out there. <laughs> um, no, this is something that I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic to see. Uh, I know he's going to listen to this episode. So I know he's going to text me and be like, yeah, man. So, you know, keep telling me awesome things about me. Which I'm not going to do <laughs> to a space. I'll do, I'll do it in private <laughs> on your show here. Yeah. Um. But no. Uh. The podcasting world is better with a man like CJ in it. I'll tell you what. He he was my mentor, honestly, mm-hmm. for a while. Uh. I kind of stepped into the podcasting world, not knowing how to swim. And uh, <laughs> it was uh the the first couple episodes of the Infinite Rabbit Hole was pathetic. Let's just go with that. Uh, <laughs> until I met CJ and actually had him on a, an episode. And from there, I mean, he just kind of helped me out. Very, very willing to lend a hand and and you know teach me the the tricks of editing the the right the equipment, um, uh, formats like how to format an episode in a way where you can keep people interested in the show and you're not just talking like I do right you know, on your show here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the world the world of podcasting is is uh. Definitely got a win there with CJ coming back to it. Yeah. What makes me so happy is that in this field too much, because you're doing pretty much everything on a volunteer basis is that you can have someone or a show or, or show with multiple people that has amazing chemistry and has some real magic and life gets in the way and they have to wipe it out. And that's pretty much what happened with mystery stone when CJ and Mike were in a groove, they actually, if you look in the unexplained archives, came on the show, I think in November of 2020. And mm-hmm. we had a great episode together. And I did an episode of theirs too, way back when. And I just figured it was just never going to come back. And then all of a sudden, here it is. And uh, I got to give a special shout out to CJ once again, because he helped me several times either finding guests, collaborating guests, or selflessly appearing on the show himself uh, in the early going. And I don't know if he wants to be mentioning this or not, but I have to just to show how much of a trooper (laughs) he is. In uh, July of 2021, we uh, did back-to-back episodes. One was a collab and one was just for Unexplained. And the one he did just for Unexplained was our episode we did on Voodoo and Santeria which Mm. was at the tail end of the wild case study on Wes Craven's Serpent in the Rainbow. And he was great throughout that episode, but he was in his home studio, tightly confined windows shut on a hot July night. And he may have had a low-level panic attack during recording because right at the end, he was like, thanks for ending this, dude. He's like, I thought I was going to pass out from the heat. And I'm like, all right, man, go get out of here. Go get yourself some water. But like he, he soldiered on through it. So I give him full credit for that. You know, I, I think that had a big part in playing while why CJ ended up leaving the infinite rabbit hole. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of times where 
uh, I would extend episodes because I mean, I just get in the groove and I just start talking. Yep. Um, and you know, certain, you know, key points in the conversation about certain topics just get me excited and I just keep going and going and going. And CJ had, had a couple of those, uh, episodes where he may have had a heat stroke or, you know, something along those lines. (laughs) Poor (laughs) CJ. Um, no, no, it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to hear his voice. Uh, I, I listened to the first episode that they just put out. Yeah. They, they just put out their first one of season two. I took, I, I listened to that. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing him make the trip on other shows, too. You know, it's going to happen. So, yeah. and I have to listen to that first episode. And I told him, I think I unsubscribed because I thought the show would never going to be seen again. And I'd already heard all the episodes. So I'm going to have to go and dig through it again. Well, Jeremy, this has been great talk and shop with you so far. Um, I'm going to just chat with you about a couple of kind of uh, modern happenings out in the world and kind of mm-hmm. get your thoughts because I got two other segments lined up on this. And as of this recording, they're already finished and they already went over the allotted time I was hoping for. So you and I could do that easily, but I want to, you know, I don't want to torture our listeners. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So first one being, um, don't know if you were aware of this or not, but in late April, of this year, I had the honor of appearing on the show Forbidden Knowledge News with the great Chris Matthew. Mm. Chris will be coming on as a guest to this show in the fall season, likely in early October. Okay. Yeah. So he's out in Denver. He is a native of Louisiana. And I wanted to ask you this because this is right in your wheelhouse. I heard Chris as a guest on another podcast very recently. I think it was Tinfoil Hats. And he went off on the history of cryptids in Louisiana. And brother, <laughs> there is some wild stuff going on down in that state. I was just wondering if you happened to know of any or had any thoughts on them. Because there's way more going on down in the bayou than I ever thought there was. Well... If I had some time to do some studying beforehand, I'd probably bring more to the table. But when you talk about Louisiana and cryptids, the first two that that uh, come to mind right off the bat are the Rougarou and the Honey Island Swap Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two big swingers there in Louisiana. I know I'm probably missing one or two other ones. Um, I'm I'm fairly certain that there's a uh, a popular Bigfoot legend down there too. Now uh, the Rougarou is very interesting you know here in the united states we have this legend of the dog man and for those that are interested are i'm sorry not not that you're not interested uh but those that are that are interested in knowing and just don't necessarily know what a dog man is basically a dog yeah. man is the same thing as a werewolf just does not possess the ability to transform into a human it is an upright walking canid if you will um there are reports of, of dogmen throughout the, the the lower 48, Alaska as well. I highly doubt there's one in Hawaii. At least I haven't heard of any accounts from Hawaii. Um, and I would only imagine that it's the same up there in Canada. So uh, the question is, well, what what's so special about the Rougarou? Mm-hmm. Well, the Rougarou, if you think about New Orleans, right? And uh, I'm going to make an, a pretty awesome connection to a, a different specific uh, dog man here in a minute. Um, you think about New Orleans, Louisiana, it's French. 
Well, the the legend of werewolves uh, actually, I mean, it's not from France, but there, the it definitely thrives in France. Mm-hmm. In in France, uh, a werewolf is known as a loup-garou. And when they came over here to the United States, they were shocked to find that the legend followed them. So they named it the Rukuru. I don't know the the significance between the difference between an L and an R uh, when it comes to Luguru and Rukuru, but um, there is that. Now to move on to another portion of the United States, and that is the very northern por- uh, part of the Midwest. Uh, we're going to go all the way up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Now, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan borders Canada. That's near my neck which, of the woods. Which has a lot of uh, French. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And guess where the other really big dogman legend comes from? It's not Quebec, is it? No, it's Michigan. <laughs> it is Michigan? Yeah. It is Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, actually, the French traveled along um, the northern border of the United States and found their ways into uh, the Great Lakes, which they spread out evenly amongst uh, the the U.S. and and France. And lo and behold, the, the most popular uh, dogman legend in the United States is the Michigan Dogman. If you look mm-hmm. up Dogman, uh, the, the legend that you get is going to be from Michigan. Um, I wish I had some more information for you because there was, I mean, there was a famous song written about it. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on up there in Michigan. And it, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I know Michigan is a little bit farther east than Louisiana. Not too too far, but you mm-hmm. just see that, that there's two portions, one in the north and one in the south of the United States, where there are uh, very vivid um, reports of a dogman creature and uh lo and behold uh from louisiana all the way up follows the mississippi river yeah and guess where all the dogman encounters are well mississippi right i wouldn't say all of them but there is a very very good uh chunk of them there yes now uh to kind of dive into the other legend i was talking about the honey on swamp monster yeah um that is now, a lot of people will tell you that this is a Sasquatch-like creature, but if you look up the only known footprint, or, you know, I, I'm doing bunny ears here right now, uh, the only known footprints ever to be cast or photographed of the Honey Island Swap Monster, it's actually three-toed, and it looks reptilian. Um, so, I mean, there there's all kinds of wild stories about it out there. There's, there's stories of it being a, a Bigfoot-like creature, uh, a reptilian-like creature, just as the one uh, from South, uh, South Carolina, Bishopville. Um, and there's also one where it's a hybrid between a Bigfoot and a crocodilian. Mm-hmm. Or not, wow. a, a, an alligator, a, yeah. if you will, right? Uh, there's no crocodiles in Louisiana. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. There's a a lot of lore down there, a lot of lore, and I know I'm missing a couple. Um, I just can't bring them all to the front of my no, head. No, no, listen, that's, without... <laughs> that, that's great. I think one thing I'm going to try and do in the future is to get a little bit more cryptid content on the show because very recently I got a new website earlier in the spring, and I was able to subdivide each uh, category that my episodes fall onto encrypted definitely has the least. <laughs> okay. And I would like to change that. Um, 
I know when I have Chris on, he's going to really take us to school because when he was on tinfoil, he says he knows a guy who lives in a very rural part of the state who has experienced things that nobody else has experienced. And he seems pretty straight laced and on the ball. Like he's not off his rocker or anything, but there's things like, you know, little dwarves and smoke people, things turning yeah. into black smoke. Like, yeah, like, and that's just tip of the iceberg. It's pretty insane stuff. We'll, uh, we'll get to that more when Chris comes on in the fall. And Jeremy, you just made me think too. A lot of the people I follow, especially when it comes to exploring and investigating the dog man, I always think of the South. So I had forgotten about the Michigan connection and how Michigan is actually quite close to you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that has become bigger dog man conferences. Like they're, they're getting about maybe almost as popular as Bigfoot and Sasquatch conferences. So I'm almost, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I would actually argue that as of right now, uh, Dogman is the new Bigfoot. And yeah. okay. I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. Um, mm-hmm. I love Bigfoot. Yeah. I absolutely love Bigfoot. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've told you the story before when I was nine years old, I, I saw something. Yep. And what I think I saw was a Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, I don't think I saw a dog man. And I can I can go up to bat and tell you hundred percent of certainty from my point of view that Bigfoot exists. Right. I can't tell you the same thing about an upright walking canine. Um I think, you know, if I had to put money on it, I think that the uh the dog man thing is sexy. And I think mm. that's why people are are gravitating towards it. I'm not saying that dogman doesn't exist. You know, nothing, dude, I, listen, I saw a Bigfoot, okay? Anything yeah. can exist, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's why I love this stuff. Um, But I think that a lot of people are gravitating towards it because of how sexy it is. And, you know, I don't mean sexy as in, like, sexy. Just just Not the attractiveness. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. just, just the attractiveness of, yeah. of, an, of, a, of a werewolf here in the United States. I mean, come on, that's freaking awesome. And it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Um, there, man, I think it's called Dogman Radio uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories this guy tells, like that are that are uh, given to him, I believe it's called Dogman Radio. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. You could be right. Uh, yeah. I, I. Anyways, it is some of the stories that this man tells that that are uh, written to him by email or wherever he gets them from are just nuts, man. Oh yeah. Some, some yeah. of them have you right on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where I was going to go with this conversation is, uh, Jeremy, since you're considerably closer to me now than you were when uh, we first met online a couple of years ago, if there's ever a conference or anything in the state of Michigan, I'm down to go because that's not super far. And I don't think it would be, it's probably a little further for you, but probably not a whole lot. You know, it's probably not that bad, but I'll tell you what. If you can find your way to Wisconsin, the Beast yeah. of Bray Road is uh, one of the most popular uh, locational Bigfoot, or not Bigfoot, uh, Dogman legends in the United States. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. you're talking about an area where this thing is meant to roam only a couple square miles. Um, Bray Road, Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, very, very big. Linda Godfrey was probably the absolute best documentarian when it came to the Beast of Ray Road. Unfortunately, she passed away recently. Mm. Um, I actually 
sad to say that I actually reached out to her about a year and a half ago. And I got a reply saying that, you know, she's not doing podcasts right now because she's not feeling very good. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, a couple couple months later, she passed yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I wish the best for her. I have probably, I think, four or five books of hers just sitting over here on the shelf. Great, great person. But tell you, if you ever want to come down to uh, Wisconsin and go hit up some Beast of Bray Road activities, uh, that I would love to do. Not not yeah. not throwing Michigan out. We could definitely do Michigan yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But uh no. Beast of Bray Road is is something that we can have easy access to. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. That's one thing I was gonna ask you, but you just answered it for me. And do you mind if I share a really quick story about Wisconsin that's like totally off topic but absurdly funny? Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> I've been to the state one time, and this was in the summer of two thousand one. I was starting college. Uh a couple months later and this was more or less the last family vacation we were taking together um and we used to like to cruise around certain parts of the states and go to baseball stadiums that was like one of our big deals so we ended up in chicago for i don't know like a week or so that summer and we decided since it wasn't that far away to make the drive up to milwaukee and catch a brewers game and being on the interstate in southern Wisconsin, not only did I think the farmland was beautiful and it had this really interesting, cool energy to it, but I saw an alarming amount of signs and billboards off the interstates for triple X adult video and bookstores. Like an, an alarming uh, amount. <laughs> so, so I actually joined the Navy. Uh, when I joined the Navy, I joined out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is down there in the, the very southeastern oh, yeah. portion of, of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, and I actually worked in Illinois, and I worked in a in uh, Gurney, which is just north of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I am very familiar with those billboards. Uh, they're not out here. They're not out here in the, the northwestern portion of, okay. of Wisconsin. Yeah, this, it's different out here. It's not like <laughs> <laughs> Kenosha is a different character than, well, than, yeah i was gonna say the closer you get into illinois the more debaucherous it gets is that uh, what you're saying <laughs> i'm not saying that but i'm not not saying that okay that's <laughs> cool i've always wanted to ask someone that question who's lived there because it really stuck out to me 20 plus years ago and i experienced it so i know exactly what you're talking about okay that's, that's <laughs> amazing glad to bring uh, it up so jeremy Final topic of discussion, and we're going to try and keep it brief because you and I, I think, could both go off on this another two to two and a half hours. And I I believe you brought this up very recently in the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook group. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember offhand. I was in one of my scrolling modes. didn't read the whole thing. And you may have been... um, keeping a closer eye on this than me. But what is going on? Here we are in early June of 2023 with the military industrial complex involvement and now divisions in regards to studying and possibly retrieving UFOs or UAPs. There's a lot to unpack here, Phil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's why I said to like try and keep it brief because we could do a whole s- separate episode on this <clears throat> one, I know. But yeah, some people, including myself, 
haven't kept up with it as much, but I, I know you have <laughs> probably more than yes. me. So. Uh, I have kept a close eye on this uh, one because I was not only in the Navy, but I was also in um, the aviation portion. I was mm-hmm. an aviation electrician right. uh, for, for uh, H-60 helicopters and E-2D Hawkeyes. Um, so yeah, this is something that, that is in my wheelhouse and of uh, definitely of my interest. Uh, to keep it brief, yes, uh, Congress, geez, was it in 2021? Yeah, we did a group discussion on this back then, I think. Yeah, this yeah. is, it was in March of 2021 or May. So something, yeah. it's like we're right on the two year anniversary of it right now, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, where the U.S. Congress came out and said, yeah, there's UFOs out there. We don't know what they are. They're not, uh, from other countries. They're not ours. Uh, we don't know if they're manned. We don't know if they're unmanned. We don't know what they are. Um, man, I will tell you, this this rabbit hole goes deep, Phil. Uh-huh. Um, I bu- I believe it. Uh, I all I will all I will say is uh, when you're dealing with the government, okay, it doesn't matter. I I I pro- honestly wouldn't trust any government, uh, but specifically the U- United States government. Uh, there's a reason why they're putting it out. Okay. It is, they do a lot of bait and switches. Let's just say that, you know, misdirections. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if they're saying, Hey, look at all the, the shiny UFOs in the sky. Right. And all of a sudden now they're having all these weather balloons from China float across the United States and, and UFOs getting shot down over Lake Michigan and Alaska. Um, there's something else going on. Okay. Simple yeah. as that. UFOs okay. have been here. They've been here forever. Okay. And they're just shooting them down now. Stop it. All right. <laughs> what are you what are you hiding? That that's yeah. that's my question. I have my theories, but I do um, too. <laughs> well, like you said, we'll keep it short. Yeah. I have a couple of crazy things to break down with you though before we do sign off in regards to this. Um I'll just say this first. I have some of my own theories about the timing and delivery of all this. And I'm just going to say this because nothing is concrete and I can't make an official announcement yet. But I read a very powerful book very recently on a related subject. And I'm very close to having the author on my show. What was the name of the book, Phil? I'll tell you off the air. Because okay. I, I just, I don't want to officially announce it right now. And I hate I to be books, a tease. But anyway, I've been in contacts with reps and they haven't said no. So there's something building with it. And I think the contents of this book loosely connect to the timing of this narrative we're getting. And so do you remember earlier this year how there was... uh reports of an object being shot down near Lake Huron, near my part of Ontario. Mm -hmm. Quick thing I can share about that. It's not much, but I think it's worth sharing. Um, That stretch of Ontario near Lake Huron, I have a lot of extended family up there. Like That's like the area my father grew up in. Been visiting that area my whole life. A relative of mine, who is a long-haul truck driver, was home during that period of time. And he commented personally seeing fighter jets 
in that area right mm -hmm. after it happened. And I can tell you, after visiting those parts my entire life, there has never, ever, ever been a military jet in that area. So something went down. That's all I can say. Something definitely went down. Yeah. Um, just keep in mind that if they're going to report something, they have to at least make a show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So credible. Excuse yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna say that something made a splash in the water, then you better have at least thrown a rock. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, so it's. Do I think something got shot down? Yes. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some videos uh, from civilians, you know, from uh, from sources outside of the the mainstream media from multiple different angles showing the same thing from different parties of something being shot down. Don't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. 100% honest with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I honestly think it was a uh, ICMB. Okay. Interesting. Or ICBM, sorry. Yeah, ICBM, uh, yep, yep. Intercontinental ballistic missile. Yep. Uh, I think that we got targeted. Interesting. Um, and I don't know exactly what, what the target was, but if you, if you, there's videos out there. Yeah. Okay. And just being in the position that I'm in, I'm not saying I'm famous or anything like that, but I get videos, I get videos, I get pictures, I get people yeah. uh, messaging me, uh, people I don't know. Right. Right. And when something like this happens, <laughs> they just flock to me, man. Uh, I get flooded with these, these videos and I got flooded with videos uh, for about a week after all, you know, all the, the Chinese spy balloons and, and the UFOs getting shot down in various portions of North America. Um, and I got about three of them of the one in Huron mm. where it, what looked like got shot down was, didn't necessarily look like a, a flying saucer. We'll go with that. Yeah. Okay? And yeah, it, it definitely yeah. it looked missile, looked missile. -y, yeah. And if you will, <laughs> And if you want to talk misdirection, the last thing they would want to do is publicly report that a missile was fired on North America, right? <laughs> that that too. And but you also have to think, you know, if they're going to go and they're going to shoot something down, maybe they throw something up in the air. Maybe it just happens to be a sh uh, an empty shell. Who knows? Yeah. You know, so it yeah. it could be one. It could be one of a few things. It could be some somebody actually took a swing at us, or you know, we threw a, a disc in the air and we played shot put. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna end on this note because um, I don't know if you're aware of this. I've talked about it on the show, and I talked about it on Forbidden Knowledge News. But this might be the first time I'm telling you, and I'm gonna love to see your reaction. Go for it. Uh, uh December. I want to say it was December 16th of 2022. A typical wet December evening, driving home from the gym around 10 o'clock at night. I'm 99% sure I saw a UFO. Yeah. 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 Nice. And I'll just, I'll explain it real quick. So my father was a commercial airline pilot. So we lived about 40 minutes from Toronto airport growing up. Yeah. Day and night. I know what planes look like. Okay. In the sky place. I live now that I've lived in for almost a decade. I'm like a 15 minute drive from a regional airport. So I've gotten used to seeing planes at certain times of the day and night 
I also think in April of 2020, there were some chemtrails being sprayed around here, but that's another story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Saw some weird stuff around that early on in lockdown. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I know what the planes look like around here too. Anyway, what was interesting about this night was it was completely cloudy and full of city light pollution because even though I'm in a quiet neighborhood, I'm still directly in the middle of a fairly large city. And I saw what I thought was a shooting star. Once again, something I've seen many a times, but it was almost like this white, whitish orb. And instead of just doing this, like a shooting star would, or just it slingshotted then and like almost went into light speed. And what's really bizarre is like, I sat in my car after I parked and I'm just like, okay, that was weird. What was it? I don't know. Therefore it's unidentified. Therefore I think I can classify it as a UFO. So I texted a couple of people. And then when I was walking into the front door of my building off in the horizon, in the clouds, I see an actual airplane. And then yeah. I'm like, what I saw on the road does not resemble that that plane I see right now. Was it pretty big? I mean, were you pretty was it pretty close to you? Is it was no, it aircraft but, height? No, yeah, it was. But when you say big, I'll say it was a good size because I could see it well from a far distance, even though it wasn't close yeah. to me. And there were also some sightings of similar phenomenon around that point in time in Dubai. And I think one on Twitter went viral from Wisconsin. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Um, I'm actually, uh, I may or may not be setting up an observatory uh, on my property. We'll see just something where I can set up time-lapse cameras or something and, and watch the sky. You know, I just, uh, I would, I'd like to do something like that. But no, that's very interesting. Have you looked at uh, MUFON to see if uh, any reports were made about something like no, that? No, I never I never thought to. I mean, I probably should have, but like, in a weird way, there's a lot more into this I won't get into right now, but I feel like it was specifically designed for me only to see. Oh, nice. And that's a whole other story in and of itself, but... <laughs> there's a There's a Canadian... Uh, version of MUFON. I think MUFON, yeah. mutual the mutual UFO network. Um, oh, man, I have it in my notes in an episode that I'm doing right now too. Yeah, I know. I'll get back who, to you. Uh, yeah, I know a guy who used to deal with them. I just don't remember what their acronym is off the top of my head. It's like, uh, I'm not going to even try. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, it's all I'm good. Man. Of myself, it's all good, man. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, so yeah. What can you tell us? You told us about the archives project here in closing. Is there anything else you can uh, tell us about or tease us about Infinite Rabbit Hole before we wrap for this evening? Um. By the way, it's it's Qforn, Qforn, ah, uh, the Canadian UFO Research Network. Sorry, I just right. had to I had to look that up. It okay. bothers me when I don't you know know stuff. No, no, for sure. Uh, sorry. What was the question? Um, what can you tell us about upcoming? Uh, works or episodes of infinite rabbit hole because you teed up the archives project already. Um, even though IRH is a little dormant right now, what can we expect in the near future? Well, like I said, uh, working on getting out the Philadelphia experiment episodes. I got, uh, ex- episode one and two, and then I have a point, uh, 0.5, which is just going to be, um, contributing documents, 
right? Mm. So I refer to a lot of documents in the episode and I give you an option, you know, in the episodes, you know, hey, I highly recommend looking this up. But if you don't want to, you can look up the exact same, the episode that dropped on the exact same day, Philadelphia Experiment Part 0.5. And it's literally nothing but me reading off these documents. Mm. Um, And then, man, Philadelphia Experiment Part 2. It's going to be shorter than part one. Uh, let's just say that uh, when he, when it comes to the Philadelphia experiment, there's two big stories. Mm-hmm. There's the Alanda letters, which is the first one I'm doing. And then there's the other one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it's, it's, it's going to be nuts. And then, you know, I'm, I'm moving into um, the aquatic ape theory, which yeah. is something I'm very, very interested in. I just started looking into that. Uh, within the last week, you know, for the listeners, my research on Philadelphia experiment is done. I'm in the editing phase and just kind of prepping it and tweaking it and re- getting it ready to go. But while I'm doing that, uh, during my downtime, when I'm, when I don't have a computer in front of me, I'm in, my nose is in a book researching the aquatic ape theory. Um, but to kind of give you more of a peek, uh, as to what the plans are for the infinite rabbit hole, eventually the infinite rabbit hole will be turning into the infinite rabbit hole 2.0. Nice. Um, I am going to once, once my first episode of the new format hits a year old, I will, uh, we're going to say goodbye to all the other stuff. Mm. Um, the infinite rabbit hole is being reborn. Nice. It is, it is going to be a documentary podcast about, the stuff that interests me. Yeah. Basically the strange and the unknown. Um, you know, the days of, of having a, a talk show, I aren't done. I'm still, I still have interviews coming up. I have an interview, uh, with Carter Bushart coming up and I'm mm. very excited about that. He, yeah. he dives into the world of the quantum Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic stuff. And I have a couple other, uh, chats with, uh, some fans, you know, I put out uh, a post on the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook page just saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for somebody who likes the show to want to come on and just have a chat. I don't care what we talk about. Cool. We can talk about anything. We talk about how you got interested in this. And so I got a couple people to reach out. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to dive into that. Um, but once that year hits, I have a lot of episodes which I presented and the infinite rabbit hole that I will be remastering into the new format. Um, yeah. So actually Ogopogo will be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. O- Ogopogo is on the list uh, yeah. to get remastered. So basically it's, uh, you know, uh, just got to take the episode and I'll, I'll, you know, touch up on some, some things and see if there's anything that I possibly missed within the realm of, you know, for the example of Ogopogo. And uh, if there is, I'll I'll find a way to fit it in. But for the most part, the notes are already written. I just got to read them off and and put the story together for everyone to listen to in a documentary type format instead of having the format where it's a a, a go and stop and let somebody talk about the information we just talked about. It's just going to be a continual uh, dump of information. Good, good. And final question: <laughs> When you say documentary style. Um, I know you're very busy with work and family, but would this ever include you going out on expeditions and then reporting back on any findings you had? Because there's a lot of other podcasters in this genre 
who do the same thing and they do it very well. And I don't know if you have the time and the resources, I could see you doing that eventually. Once the baby grows up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is something that I, I, I do want to do. I do. I've always had the goal of doing some sort of uh, video aspect of the show too. Uh, You know, uh, small town monsters is a absolutely fantastic group of people. Yeah. That put out um, put out documentaries. Seth Breedlove yeah. is is a phenomenal guy. I mean, this guy puts out some of the absolute best stuff. Um, I could only hope that I could put out something a tenth as, as good as that man does. Um, but uh, yeah, eventually, eventually, especially now that I'm up here in the northern Midwest, I mean, I am surrounded by all kinds of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good location to be in, and uh, we're glad you're settled there. Uh, just before I segue into the next uh, swath of guests I'm having on uh, this show, just a quick reminder, I will be back on as a guest on Forbidden Knowledge News on Wednesday, July the 5th, and one of the things I will be discussing on there is a big announcement involving my next group of guests, so we'll leave it there. Jeremy, thanks again. This was awesome to reconnect. I'll give you a virtual handshake here. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll definitely do this again sometime for sure. And yeah, like you are not filler, my man, not even close. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Phil, man, I appreciate it. Really do. True Believers, the season finale of Unexplained Incorporated rolls on. I really hope you enjoyed Jeremy from Infinite Rabbit Hole. He's such a good dude. And uh, him and I have been super busy with life. We've had a lot going on. So it was really good for him to stop in and connect with us again. This is a three-segment episode. And here in segment two, I'd like to welcome a very special guest who is going to welcome even more special guests as this is basically a quick announcement for an exciting new segment that is coming up on the Unexplained Incorporated uh, Patreon page starting sometime in July. But without any further ado, I would like to welcome to this short panel we have going on my dear friend, president of the Vancouver Paranormal Society, Kelly Clareberg. How are you doing today, Kelly? Hello, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having us on, Phil. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of your friends that you brought along with you or have them introduce themselves. Well, I have my uh, very dear friend, Leah McLean. She is one of my co-vice presidents of the team. The other one is Andy Rose, who was not able to be with us tonight. Um, uh, Leah actually manages our social media pages, Instagram. Um, she does some work in the Facebook page, but we all do. Um we don't do too much in our Twitter page. Uh, it's kind of redundant these days, I think, for, for anybody, just saying. But she is an amazing uh, uh, person with our Instagram page. Then we have uh, Mike O'Dell, um, the lovely bearded fellow down below. <laughs> Mike came to us um, as um, a healthy skeptic, and but also having experiences in his role as a uh, um, a correctional officer in uh, on the island at uh, what's that uh, location called? That that castle I can't remember. Oh, Hatley Castle. Hatley Castle, ex- exactly. But Mike is very much the the skeptic on the t- healthy skeptic. So he's 
always looking for um, reasonable explanations before he dumps anything as paranormal. And our one of our newest investigators, Matt, Matt is amazing. He's very analytical. That what I've gotten from him, um, just such a true team member um, and uh, very caring. Um, we love our team. We've got some amazing team members. We're all very good friends. Um, it's very important for any team member on our team, the Vancouver Paranormal Science Society team, to be cohesive and, and have a connection. And Matt definitely fits that bill. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So before we have everyone uh, kind of introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about themselves, Kelly, um, what we're doing here is much like the other two shows I have on the Patreon, which include the news and astrology show seasons of the fourth house. And I'm sure what's to become the very popular X-Files watch along with my brother. Nice. We're going to upload new episodes quarterly of this. Um, there's already at this point in time, there's one episode of the X-Files watch along and there are now, um, yeah, maybe not when this airs, but just after there's going to be two of seasons of the fourth house. Cause that one is posting on every seasonal equinox and we're almost at the summer equinox. So that's coming up shortly. The first one for this will probably be, I'm going to guess around second weekend to middle of July. And then we're going to roll out a schedule from there. So, um, Perfect. Kelly, what are some of the things you and your team want to share and discuss, and then we'll go around and get some uh, personal info from these wonderful people here and uh, call it a day, maybe. Nice. Well, I mean, we have a new investigation. I think I told you about last time, but I forgot to tell you about last time until the end of it, is uh, we're working with the um, Hubco Brewing in Mission. Um, and Leo was... Uh, very active participant in that, um, having some pretty profound experiences. Um, so it's an old 100, 100 year old brick building in Mission BC that was originally a bank, uh, became a uh, uh, martial arts studio and now is a brewing company. Um, we cold called them, I say cold call, myself and fellow investigator Ronnie, um, as we do, spreading out cards <laughs> we go on little road trips and just make connections because we feel like um, making um, personal in-person uh, in-person connections with uh, sites is better than cold calls on the phone or email um, they get a better perception of who we are as people and as a team um, so we got a call the very next day and you know always sharing patronage uh, you know buying our our food or bevies or whatever, um, because that's a part of what we do. We're not going to just come in and, and um, say, hey, can we investigate your location without, you know, experiencing what they have to offer as a company. So uh, we did that the very next day. We got a, an email. I got an email from the owners of the location. They were just thrilled to have us. And they want all of their staff to join us. So we did our first one a couple of weeks ago. And we were blown away by what we experienced and what we captured on audio. Very good. So yeah. 
this investigation and other past, present, or future investigations we're going to discuss, we're going to break down here. I'm going to bring some of my own interesting, fascinating experiences to the table as well, just to see what I can add. And Kelly, um, not to be a tease here, but I'm going to be appearing again on the Forbidden Knowledge News podcast on Wednesday, July the 5th. And I think on that platform, I'm officially going to announce the volunteer work I will be doing with the society. I'm going to save it for that date, if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. hundred percent. Okay. Good. Just, just, you know, just to add this part is that, you know, while we're a a scientific um, paranormal research team, there is that spiritual component. I mean, um, I know for me, um, I've had many experiences growing up um, and through investigation, as well as other investigators, not all investigators, but other investigators on our team. And I think that's um, a really important piece um, that, you know, there might be people in spirit form that need our help. Um, Maybe we need their help. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think it goes both ways. And I think that's a really important piece. So I'm, we're, we're, we're changing up our team a little bit to accommodate, um, you know, the spiritual, not to a high degree, um, because we still do what we do. Um, but there needs to be space to talk about those things as well and what we can do to help clients and spirit. Very good. I think that's a great place to start. So right now, Let's go around the horn and have these fellow team members of yours introduce themselves. I'm going to start immediately to my right here on this screen. Leah, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're going to bring to this segment and what you bring to the table of the society. Um, so, yeah, my name is Leah. Um, I was born and raised in Alberta um, until I was 18, and then I moved out to BC. Um But when I was in Alberta, I definitely had some strange experiences um, that I couldn't explain. Um, Always left me wondering when I moved to BC, um, I had some more. And then randomly one day, I came across a post on the Vancouver Paranormal Society page that they were looking for investigators. And I'm not really like one to um jump out and just do those kind of things on my own but I just felt it was something that I had to do um I've always been you know looking for the answers but never really knowing where to look or or where I could even possibly start right um so I went had an interview with Kelly um that was pre-COVID times um and we didn't, I think we went on maybe one investigation prior to everything shutting down. Um, and then started back up again once, once we were allowed to, um, and it's been the best experiences of my life. Um, I'm, I just feel so blessed that I've been given the opportunity to, um, explore this more. Um, and with such an amazing group of people, Um, you know, that we have really become family to each other. And 
yeah, I, I'm just so thankful for that. Um, I do consider, even though I wouldn't say I'm skeptical of things, but I definitely like to take a very realistic approach when we're analyzing things. Um, and I think we all sort of do try and, um, you know, maybe debunk certain things like, you know, equipment's going off. Um, let's check all the batteries. Let's check the plugs, right? Like we, we definitely take a very analytical approach to it. Um, and I think that that is probably one of my favorite things about the team. Um, and, and I also think we're all very similar in the way that we think, um, and the way that we look at things. Um, so it makes us, like Kelly said, a very cohesive team. Very good. Very good. And before I move on, uh, I'm going to ask this to every member. I think, uh, if you could sum up real quick, what's one strength and one weakness you bring to an investigation that you, that you'd like to admit, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I, I don't even know. Um, I would think maybe a strength is there's probably no question that I'm not afraid to ask. <laughs> um, a, a weakness, I, I'm i not sure what, what a weakness would be that I would have. I don't overly love hearing myself talk so when I have to go live that's probably a weakness because I don't love listening to myself after <laughs> fair enough fair enough and here she is helping out with the podcast right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go figure all right thank you Leah welcome aboard and uh, we're going to move this along to a man who apparently was hard at work on the golf course today <laughs> so he claims Mike Mr. Mike how are you thank you for joining us Mike tell us a little bit about yourself um, my name's Mike. I was born and raised in Southern Ontario. Myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moved out here when I joined the Navy. Moved to BC when I joined the Navy. Spent 15 years in the Navy and 20 years as a correctional officer, prison guard. And in those two jobs, I had lots of weird experiences. None of them paranormal, though. Um, so I was interested in this because of a couple of experiences I had working as a security officer at Hatley Castle. And one night, playing around on the computer, and I Googled paranormal research teams in Vancouver, and BPS, first one to come up reached out to uh, Kelly and Peter at the time and inquired. Kelly set up an interview with me and set me up on the team. Um, Since then, what my interest is in the paranormal is, like Kelly said before, I'm a healthy skeptic. I'm always trying to find something logical that happened for us to experience and when i can't find any can't apply any logic science or anything to it that's what piques my curiosity and since joining bps and investigations i've been on i've had quite a few instances where i can't apply logic and that's 
really thrilling to me. It's just like, I just can't figure it out. And is that paranormal? Who knows? I mean, we want to think so. And it's stuff that happens that I can't explain. So it's all good. Yep. And for strengths and weaknesses, Yeah, I think one of my strengths is being a skeptic. Um, I think it provides balance for the team. Um, but I think a weakness can also be a skeptic is what, you know, it might be too much of a skeptic kind of thing and not willing to be open to something happening that I can't explain. Yeah. I have... and... I had, a feeling you, I had a feeling you were going to say that, actually. My greatest <laughs> strength is a, a skeptic, or my greatest weakness is being a skeptic. But it's all about finding that healthy balance, correct? That's that's right. And I guess the other, not sure if it's a strength or a weakness, but rumor has it that I'm the uh, team class clown or smartass. Oh, not oh. sure why that rumor's out there, but... I wouldn't equate that to the skeptic at all. <laughs> I can I can concur with that. Every time he posts in our members only page, I'm mm. like, he's always saying like, oh, I'm golfing that day or something. There's something silly. And I'm oh, like, yeah. of course you are. Some highly, <laughs> uh, highly strenuous activity. Well, uh, Mike, thank you for sharing and uh, look forward to having you aboard. And I like the skepticism and the, the smart ass comments. I, I, those never get old with me <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> just so know. Team. <laughs> sorry, say just that again. So you, just so you know, I'm the king of bad jokes. Oh, oh, yes. that, that'll, mm-hmm. that'll fly real nicely here. Cause, uh, 100%. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheesy humor. We're not above that here. And last, but certainly not least, Matt, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, share any strength or weakness you may have in the investigative field. Sure. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Nice to meet you. Uh, Name's Matthew. I've been uh, with VPS for about six months or so now. Uh, I've had the opportunity so far to go on a couple of uh, residential and commercial investigations. So always looking forward to the next one. Definitely. Um, my interest in the paranormal, I've been interested in, in decades, uh, in the paranormal for decades here. I was raised in, in Vancouver, uh, and about the year, uh, 2002 or so, my wife, myself, and my two daughters moved into a, a farmhouse in, uh, an old farmhouse in Surrey, where all four of us experienced all sorts of odd, uh, uh, paranormal activity. And that's something that really sort of, um, drove me to get involved. Uh, as it turns out, though, I went overseas for uh, just over a decade to work and came back in about uh, 2020. And then uh, as soon as COVID died down, I started looking around for local groups and, of course, found uh, the VPS on online. I reached out to uh, to Kelly, and we had a bit of an initial uh, conversation. And then I met with a couple others. We had a bit of an interview, and, uh, and that was... Uh, about seven months ago or so. And thankfully, I was brought on. Um, I also consider myself to be quite a skeptic. Um, I, I'm a believer, definitely, but uh, I'm, I'm always looking for, you know, a rational explanation before assuming that something is paranormal. Um, I, I'm a big believer in 
you know, the scientific approach and, uh, you know, the, the idea of a scientific model, you know, a, a process that can be repeatable. And hopefully the next investigators that come along could replicate what we're doing and then uh, hopefully come up with the same results. But I know there's, uh, you know, some, some difficulties with that at this stage of the game anyway. Um, what else to tell you? Um, I think that about wraps it up for an introduction there. Do you have any strengths or weaknesses you'd like to share? Uh, as I say, I think just the um, logical approach. Uh, Kelly mentioned uh, I was very analytical. I think that's one of my strengths, certainly. Um, weaknesses, I hadn't really thought of them in, in terms of uh, paranormal investigations. Um, uh, no whispering on investigation. <laughs> <laughs> what's this I, about I whisper at investigations apparently <laughs> oh. I'm let, let, let's go with that one as a weakness we, we, we all do that one i even do uh, that one <laughs> all right well everybody thank you so much for sharing and uh right off the bat i just want to say i love how grounded everybody is and i think this is a really good uh balance because i'm just a guy hosting a podcast, you know, literally in his bedroom. I'm not a journalist. I don't have a science background. <laughs> I don't have a parapsychology background. I'm just doing this for the passion and for the fun. So everybody's grounded and has their deductive reasoning, their healthy skepticism. I'm likely going to be the one to take things into cuckoo crazy town. So just bear with me. <laughs> well, you didn't ask me what my strength and what weaknesses are. Oh, I was getting there. I was getting there. Don't worry. I just felt I very. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you please do let me know. I just felt very compelled to share that. I'm in, I'm in space with these very grounded, rational people. And I'm the one who will probably go into out, outer space and may need to be dragged down a notch just so you know. But yes, Kelly, you share some of your strengths and weaknesses because we already know like everything about you there is. So we don't oh, need no, to, you we don't. don't need you to ramble anymore. <laughs> I've been actually talking with uh, my uh, my other investigator Ronnie recently. Uh, you know, I'm a very self aware person. Maybe not in the moment, mm. <laughs> but after uh, processing um, things that I've done or said, and you know, I'm very um, outspoken about those things and. And I find that very important, especially when you're running a team or running a group of um, personalities, you know, and people that you care about. And one of the things that I've been noticing for a while is I have this control thing. So this is a weakness. Well, you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I'm on investigation, everyone looks to me to... Uh, control the, the investigation and that's because I set that stage <laughs> it's not about every, anyone else it's about me I set that stage so the weakness is for me and what I'm working on is um, not be micromanaging the team because every member of this team um, knows what they're doing you know it's with the exception of the newbies because they, they need guidance from us so that, but it doesn't have to always come from me. It can come from the other lead investigators. So what I'm noticing is that I tend to go on every single investigation. One, A, because I'm huge passionate and that's what I want to do with my life. 
But the other part of that, I think, um, you know, puts the rest of the team in a position where they have, they feel like, and I, I could be wrong, Leah, Mike, Matt, you can let me know if I'm correct on this and set me in my place, <laughs> is that um, I, I, when I'm on investigation, I do tend to be the lead and it doesn't always have to be that way. And so what I'm trying to do now is like last weekend, I pulled myself out of that investigation because it's not about me. It's about the investigation and it's about the other team members as well. And um, I didn't have to pull out of last week's investigation because I got my dates mixed up, had another event, whatever work event. But um, I just want the team to know that they don't always have to look to me, that they are fully equipped and fully um, uh, skilled to uh, run investigations, even if I'm on them. And, you know, and I would really like for investigators to say, Kel, we got this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and put me in my place. Um, as far as what I bring to the team, I, I hope to think that I bring authenticity and genuine, uh, genu genuineness to um, the team um, cohesively as a friend um you know with the same passions and the same interest and to also um support team members um in what they bring to the team i hope that comes across um i think it does <laughs> i love every member of this team of what they bring and uh, and um and i i think my my gift for gab <laughs> um and um authenticity also relates to the clients and i in the background when i work with clients what i bring to them is um the power of strength and caring um that they're not alone that myself and every member of this team has their back and we're going to always support them no matter what and available 24 7 honestly by phone text messenger whatever yeah very that good not alone. No. you made me uh think of this old taoist saying and i probably have it totally wrong but it's like he who governs the best governs the least and i think that's kind of what you're looking for it's along those lines anyway i'm not yeah, sure i have exactly. it right so and that's no, but uh, that, that actually makes sense so it, yeah. it's, for me it's a it's a, a self-awareness thing and something that i I process all the time and I talk about, um, that's why I say to the team, if you ever feel like I'm micromanaging, just tell me, that'd be nice. <laughs> they're just, look, they're just looking at you in stared silence right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't right. want to admit it. With that. <laughs> um, I don't feel that way. Actually. Oh. I don't. Um, <laughs> If you're on the investigation, absolutely, we look to you as the lead just by default, I think. But uh, in my opinion, you've never made any of us feel any less than, you know, any less than you are or any less capable of handling it on our own. So, yeah, I don't feel that way. Thank you, sweetheart. I love I you. I certain, certainly agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Thanks, Kelly, 
Kelly, I wouldn't say that you're controlling much. Well, much. maybe maybe much. a little. <laughs> much. <laughs> but those aren't my words. Leah just texted me and told me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, Mike. One of the things that I really like about you um, on investigation, and and I go back to the the New Westminster um, undisclosed location. The last time we went, yeah. is that you have really. Um, you know, proved your prowess in um, how to set up um, equipment and where to look, uh, where to position. And I actually really looked um, looked to you for that because honestly, I've been in this for like almost nine, 10 years and I'm still not the best at positioning equipment, but you seem to have this eye and, um, and and uh, and a reason behind that, and I really appreciate that. I, I and to me, that's your skill set. It's not mine. It's yours. Because well, I do well, struggle with that. Well, Kelly, I think we as a team, we all fill each other's blind spots. Yeah, I agree. I agree too. Yeah, that's very good, and that's the type of thing I'd like to hear about once we get this segment going. Um, so the first one is going to drop in July and it will have all of these members here and moving forward outside of Kelly and myself, we're going to get different members of the team cycling in and out to get different perspectives, different stories. And that'll be a lot of fun too, but I'm looking forward to have this group in July. And like I said earlier, I'm going to be on uh forbidden knowledge news live on the afternoon of Wednesday, July 5th. And that's where I'm going to drop the announcement of what, officially I am doing with the society just to keep a lid on it for a little bit longer. And then I think our chat will probably air sometime within a week or so of that. I want to try and get it up by mid July. We'll see how that goes. And just before we wrap up here, I have to bring this up segment three of the season finale. I'm bringing back a newly beloved and familiar face to do a card poll on the future of the show and next season, but I'm kind of adding to it and I'm not going to go too in depth because I'm going to do that next segment, but each guest I have had on this past season that it, and this only includes the uh, one-on-one interviews or whatever, like, cause this is just kind of a bonus thing. And Kelly was one of those one-on-one interviews. You're going to have an archetype from the major Arcana Tarot associated with you so you're going to find out which one i chose in that next segment so i thought you'd like that anyway kelly leah mike matthew great to meet you all and uh looking forward to connecting with you all in july good to meet you too nice to meet you too thank you thanks for having us yeah and uh yeah we'll be in touch for sure All right, True Believers, Phantom Phil here. Before we bring in guest number three, I want to do a bit of a a reveal. Something similar to what happened last season, but not nearly as intricate. I decided to match up all of our guests from this past season with the major Arcana Tarot. So I picked one card per guest, and then I identified which one with a quick explanation. So... Here we go. 
Season premiere, guest number one, Michelle Belanger. I gave her The World, which is number 21 in the Arcana. As the last card of the Major Arcana, The World represents completion and fulfillment. I would say with all of her hard work and her hustle, Michelle has completed those things. And that's why the main reason I wanted to give her that card. And I just want to explain these cards and these personalities all have different layers of depth and different meanings to them. This is the main meeting that spoke to me. Episode number two, the three-year anniversary. The paranormal podfather himself, Jim Harold. I gave him the magician card number one. The magician card is a reminder that you are new, unique and have many gifts. These skills set you apart from the crowd and can help you begin new projects or overcome adversity. Jim has overcome some adversity in his podcasting career by being one of the originals and he has multiple projects on the go associated with Campfire Stories and the Paranormal Network. Therefore, he has been able to succeed at pretty much all of them and I gave him the card of the magician. Episode 3, Retired Exorcist or Semi-Retired Exorcist, Archbishop Ron Fail and Wright. I gave him the Hierophant, card number 5. The Hierophant is like a messenger from the heavens. He is experienced in spirituality and guidance, and his job is to bring these lessons down to us here in the real world. And yes, even in mostly a stage of retirement... Ron is certainly doing the Lord's work, and that's why I gave him that card. Guest number four, Lauren Holder Flynn. I gave her the star, number 17. The star is the embodiment of hope and healing, and she's done plenty of that. She is a calming influence that brings messages of renewal, optimism, and inspiration, which she is doing with her business and her coaching for sure. Guest number five, Kelly Claire Berg, president of the Vancouver Paranormal Society. This one might be kind of obvious, but work with me here. I gave her the death card, number 13. One of the most misunderstood tarot cards, death is not a card about physical death. The death card speaks of cycles and is a reminder that all things must Pass. Hanging on to situations from the past will hinder you from allowing new, better things to enter your life. And I think that sums up uh, Kelly's story and work ethic perfectly. And very soon we will reveal a bit of a project I am doing with the Vancouver Paranormal Society in uh, the coming weeks. Episode number six, co-creator of the Cosmic Consciousness Conference, Catherine Hand. I gave her the card Temperance, which is number 14 in the Arcana. The Temperance card is a master of moderation. She encourages peace and patience and reminds you to go with the flow of your life instead of trying to force its pace or direction. So creating that conference with her partner Mick. She's had to go with the flow with a lot of different things like she talked about on our episode and has mostly stayed in a place of peace of doing so. Episode number... I'm losing track of what number I'm at here. 
Seven. Yes, lucky seven. May the fourth be with you special with Ray and Geo from the Intrinsic Minds podcast. So I gave the both of them, and this is, might be an obvious tie-in, the Emperor card. Number four, the Emperor is a card of leadership and power. He is an authoritative force who has been through many experiences to achieve this status. He represents structure and solid solidity and remind you that you too hold immense amounts of power over your own life and what happens to it those guys helping out with the seasons of the fourth house segment on patreon tying world events to astrology and they've used astrology to enhance their own lives and find their own personal power as well episode number eight this might be the most popular episode of the season the Mother's Day special, otherwise known as Mother Earth Gaia Celebration Fiesta, or, or something like it. So for Carly Van Every, Andy Murphy, and Zoe Fields, I gave them the card, The Empress, number three. The Empress is the most feminine card in the tarot, and greatly encourages compassion, beauty, and love. She is connected to Mother Nature, and her influence is powerful when you absorb the energy of the natural world around you. Entirely what that episode was about, I couldn't give them any other card. Number nine, Laura Lee Petty. I gave her the tower at number 16 in the deck. The tower represents destruction. It often comes up when everything in your life feels like it's crumbling and you have no way of stopping it. The message of this card is just to let it fall. The weakest parts of your life must be torn down in order to build something strong and sturdy in their place. Laura Lee tore down an old way of living to build up a new one. And her mission is to heal herself and others as many as possible and doing it the right way. So I gave her the tower. Dee Dee and Sarah from Paranormally Blonde, episode 10. I gave them the Chariot, card number 7. The Chariot card is connected to your natural drive and determination and can indicate an upcoming victory. This card reminds you that your greatest success won't come through limited thinking. When you combine the knowledge of your mind with what that of your heart and spirit, you are an unstoppable force. Their heart and spirit definitely went into the Girls vs. Boys investigation this year, which we talked about on the show, and any of the other projects they do with Paranormally Blonde or the Get Haunted banner. Those two have an over... How should I say this? They have the will to overcome adversity and accept triumph. So that's why I gave them that card. Episode 11, Lynn Nichols, the High Priestess, card number two in the Akana. Lynn, an intuitive expert and a psychic medium. And of course, the High Priestess is the most intuitive connected, intuitively connected card, I should say, in the whole Tarot deck. It is a card of awareness, and it urges you to listen to your inner voice and follow your instincts. And that pretty much sums up Lynn to the T. And finally, the last new guest on this episode, Jeremy from Infinite Rabbit Hole. I gave him card number 10, the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune is constantly revolving. Sometimes you'll be at the top, sometimes you will be at the bottom. The Tarot card reminds you that nothing is permanent in good or bad. You must cherish the lessons 
that this moment is bringing to you. And Jeremy has had his shares of ups and downs, both personally and with the show, but he is soldiering on and he has learned all the lessons about where he wants to go. And he's just kind of rolling with it, just like the Wheel of Fortune. Well, true believers, thank you for joining me on this special reveal in the season finale. Uh, drop me some comments on Facebook or Twitter at PhantomPhil3, um, Unexplained Inc. official on Instagram, or shoot me an email at PhantomPhilUnexplained at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts if there's anything you want to change or if you think those descriptions are bang on. Now, I will rejoin you for a quick outro, but here is guest number three of the Unexplained Incorporated season finale. True believers, we have reached the end of our destination. This is the finale of the finale. So I have the third guest in the third segment because we have multiple guests in segment two. And I just finished comparing the guests of this amazing season to the major arcana of the tarot. And this guest who's coming to help briefly give us a card pull for the collective and for the show's fortunes of next season. This is a new face, but a very welcome face making a quick turnaround to returning to unexplained incorporated to help with this segment. And this individual in my own arcana matchup got the tower. And with that being said, I'd like to officially welcome back Laura Lee Petty. Laura Lee, thank you so much for making such a quick turnaround and a quick return and through uh, gutting it out through this intense heat we're having during the time of this recording. But I think after today, we're finally going to calm down a little bit. I think so. Um, I was driving around yesterday. I had a lot of driving around to do after work. And um, I missed this crazy storm that hit my area. I was driving and I didn't see, I saw some really cool clouds that I thought were spaceships, but I was like, what the heck is that? Look at that cloud. And then anyways, and it hailed here. We like had hail on our lawn furniture. It was crazy. I missed it all. I was just driving in sunshine. When I was running some errands the other night, I saw big fat thunderstorm clouds off in the distance, but I don't know if they hit my city or not because given the way it feels this morning and looking out my window, it doesn't look like we got it at all. And I really hope we'd get some to cool us off a bit, but no, that's where we're at. And that's okay. Oh, okay. It's cool down here. We're like, um, I can have my windows open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You probably got that nice lake breeze, not too far from you coming off. Do you? <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. So uh, Laura Lee, before we get into our card pull here, That'll tease us, I guess, into the next season, which will return September 22nd, 2023. I just wanted to ask you, since you're here, what do you think of my comparison of putting you alongside the tower from the major arcana of the Tarot? Well, I think it's um, um, like spirit never makes a mistake. <laughs> like the message is really true. Um in the sense for me and like the stuff I've gone through and like tower moments aren't, you know, just, it's like an old way of being and coming into a new way. And sometimes it's difficult, but when you come out the other side, change, change is good. And, and, you know, can be really good. And sometimes change can be a little bit hard, but there's a reason why change is happening. 
And um, I also feel like the tarot card is for the, if for like right now, the whole kind of collective and the world circumstances, because everything is in a tower moment, because everything needs to crumble down that no longer serves because we are literally out of the age of Pisces and, and into the age of Aquarius also. So that's what the tower card represents is this kind of crumble now. So. Yep, that's uh, that's why I chose it for you, and I'm glad that you're happy with that choice. So yeah. <laughs> one more thing before we do the card poll, I forgot to mention is that uh, just because it's a hot, nice day, um, I don't always record with my blinds open, but I'm doing that today. And when we were trading DMs before we got on the call, my OG spirit animal purchased down on the tree branches outside of my window, the morning dove. So no I was really? like, okay, this is going to be good. Now I'm getting excited. So I just thought I'd pass that along to you. <laughs> yeah, I love when that happens. <laughs> okay. Spirit, so... it, like Spirit talks to us in many ways through numbers, through animals, through songs, through license plates, to you name it. There's always just be open to the signs. Yeah, and some of the communications and signs I've had, Laura Lee, even since you've been on the show this last two to three weeks have uh, gone up a notch. They've gotten pretty crazy, but that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> right now, um, I'd like to have you just explain what decks you're pulling from and what the intention of this card pull is, because uh, like I said, I'm really excited myself. Thank you, Phil. Okay, so I'm going to use my body regeneration method deck. That um, is the body regen is something I've been studying for a long time through Tracy L. Clark. And um, anyone can have this deck, but uh, it's very powerful um, the way it moves through the body. So we'll figure out what it is the collective needs to know with the body regen. And then with that, I'm going to pull from this deck called Divine Guidance by Cheryl Lee Harnish. She's actually out in BC, and these cards um, are made with fractal images. So they take, it's all math, uh, you know, uh, sacred geometry and mm -hmm. math and all that stuff anyways, and it's done on a computer, and one card can take three weeks to make. Whoa. But it has, like, intense energy behind it, and I love them. It's one of my mm. first decks I bought way back in when I first started buying decks and it's like crystals. You just can't stop buying. <laughs> yeah. I have been a witness, you know, through like YouTube videos or on the receiving end of card pulls and card readings. I don't think I have done one directly dealing with sacred geometry yet. So I'm really excited to see what that one's going to say. And yeah. now, um, so are we starting with the collective over the summer break or the summertime? Yeah, let's go for the collective for the the summer solstice is coming up. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go into the summer season. Um, you know, the world's going to feel sideways. Hold on to your hats. You know, just I think this the biggest thing is to follow your heart because um, I believe enemy spirit lo loves when you're in fear and confusion and hatred. And and so if we could stay away from that as much as possible and because that we don't want to feed them let's just mm -hmm. go into yeah. loving space and so this is a i mean and just enjoy yourself be with people you love because i think there's going to be some i don't know there's something in the air for sure <laughs> mm -hmm. yep 
<laughs> All right. So let's just see. Okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, angels. Timelines. Thank you. Calling in and activating the Christ consciousness within. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. A message for the collective consciousness for right now, for the summer, to whomever hears us. Thank you, God. Thank you, angels. Just one card. Oh, there we go. It flew out. All right. There we go. <laughs> Going to do one card. Just keep it simple. Yeah. So increase the lymphatic system. Thank you, God. So the lymphatic system is something like that gets kind of depleted and clogged and stuff. So we just, and it, it's also a strong connection to the Christ consciousness. Thank you, God. Increasing the lymphatic system. Thank you. Increasing. Yeah, so that, you know, it'll help kind of, I see a tree and the moon and the stars and just like really connecting and increasing the lymphatic systems to really connect in. Thank you, God, and trust. Okay, and then I'm going to pull a divine guidance and see the helper card for increasing our lymphatic systems. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, divine guidance, helper card. Um, one helper card for increasing the lymphatic systems. Thank you, God. Thanks for the collective. This. Let's see. Oh, we got number three. It's an image. Um, I actually see a heart. I see an infinity. Mm. Lots of healing. Lots of browns. So that's grounding into the earth. Yep. And um and greens and the sacral too. So the kind of like the the main two like sacral and earth chakras, like really grounding coming in to your creativity, to your family, to your friends, to your relationships on all levels and layers and time, space and dimensions and grounding into the earth. Anyways, it's like, I'll read what it says in the book because the book, I love the explanation. Yeah. The three is also the Christ consciousness in, um, is the Christ consciousness, uh, like Jesus number three, right? Yeah. yeah. And that card oh. has a very solar appearance to it as well. Isn't it beautiful? I love this yeah. deck. Yeah. So this is called infinite love. Mm. So this card represents the infinite love that only resides within you, but is you. The entire universe is the vibration of love energy. Spirit sees your beautiful heart and is calling you to allow this loving energy to flow flow fully into you and from you it will heal your hurts and negative past experiences helping you connect with the true immortal being of light that you are it is your light and your love that this world needs most it is time to let the love flow and that was kind of like my message before i started to just like um unplug from like all the 
all the natter and, and all the distractions and really come into your heart and know that if you, you know, just focus on what you really want to see the world look like, it's very like supernatural things do happen and we are all connected, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to add one thing, even though this is being heard around the world, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that us Canadians, we absolutely live for summertime because we, oh. we only get we only get small slices of it throughout the year. And when we get it, like we go hard in it. And I think a lot of people around the world don't realize that. And just speaking on behalf of our country, this is such a great time of the year to get out to ground, open your heart to nature and not not numb yourself with distractions but get distracted by the sun and the water and nature to help you reconnect with the things in your life and what you want your community and your world to look like so that's kind of all i had to say about that absolutely like reel yourself back in when you feel like anxiety and fear feeling you oh my god what's gonna happen oh my goodness i just heard this you know it's just like like no just unplug from it because honestly enemy spirit wants you to be that way because that's where they're gonna feast their buffet dinner you know Mm -hmm. so be in love yeah and if you're able to enjoy yourself this summer enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. to enjoy yourself be with people you love and then just enjoy yourself and and i mean we're human we're gonna have emotions we're gonna feel these up and downs it's okay you know and i just wanted to add real quick there's people all across our great country right now being ravaged by wildfires so they may they may not they may have a really hard time connecting to this but i mean just remember they need the love and the support the most so i mean if they can't open your hearts maybe you can assist them if you're able to either in person or remotely yeah absolutely uh put like a power of two and more coming together with prayer and love and sending it out and like my heart goes out to all those people uh, out west that are going through this right now and the animals and the wildlife yeah and now it's out east even as recently as this week and it's almost getting worse yeah unfortunately oh my gosh i haven't been up on the news i don't so yeah i i plug in i plug out so i don't know exactly sometimes what's going on and yeah, I just send so much love um, to everybody right now because it, when you're going through like literal turmoil, like that's like a real upheaval. Um, so I send out so much love. Mm-hmm. Definitely okay. will be putting my prayers. Absolutely. And this message of love and light, I just didn't want that to be forgotten or taken out of context. Yes, exactly. Because sometimes it's hard when you're going through something at like anything that is um, hard and uh, unbelievable and yeah, just disaster and all that stuff. I mean, you just uh, sometimes you just feel angry, but just trust like, you know, they have like, I think sometimes that when these kind of things happen, also, it's like, there's some stuff that happens that like faith in humanity grows to like, I think good things, people come together. Absolutely. Well said, well said. And thank you for sharing what we're going to do next before we wrap. And uh, thank you again for the time. I know you've got a lot going on today, so I appreciate you uh, taking these few moments to share is you're going to do a one card pull from each deck for what's going to be the fall season of Unexplained Incorporated from September to December of 2023. Now, 
I'm just going to say this. I have a very specific vision for how this season's going to look, and it's going to be way different from this season and the season before it. I have potential guests lined up. Am I going to get all of them? Likely not. There's always at least a switch or two, like this episode being an example. Um, But I'm really curious to see if your card pull is going to match my vision. And I'm going to keep it vague because I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. So thank you, God. Thank you, Ages, for coming together. Giving Phil message for Unexplained Ink season. Fall season starting 2023. Fall season 2023 for Unexplained Ink. Thank you, God. Thank you, Angels. What does the meaning message? We'll see what um, Body Regen Deck says for the Unexplained Inks fall season 2023. Unexplained, what is it? There we go. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Oh, so this is really important for um, the connection part of connecting and like going into the grounding and intuition. So we got aligning the respiratory, digestive, and reproductive system. Those are really connected to aligning to the vision. Mm. So aligning all respiratory, digestive, and reproductive systems. Aligning respiratory, digestive, reproductive. Thank you, God. Aligning respiratory, digestive, reproductive. Thank you, God. Aligning. Okay, let's just take some breaths in, too, since this is for your show. Aligning. Thank you, God. Build the lungs expand. Okay, one of the golden salve going up and down from the um the start of the spine at the top of the head there. But if I forget what the name of that is, <laughs> going all the way down to the root hook and going up and down and it's be like a magnet pulling out and no longer serves. Thank you, God. Activating. Thank you. And aligning your respiratory, digestive, and reproductive systems. Thank you, God. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what um how's that feel? <laughs> good, good. I'll comment on that in a minute, but you can do the second card pull when you're ready. Okay. So helper cards to divine guidance for um, unexplained inks, um, fall season 2023 helper cards uh, for aligning respiratory and digestive. Oh, there it flew out. And then once again, with the threes, we got 30 now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So lots of um, all the lower chakras once again with the browns, the greens, the oranges, and the yellows, right? Right. It's like a, it's like a going out, like from the center out. And it's like a flowered shape. Yeah, what's I your take on that? 
uh, my take is, um, I think you're going to be really grounded into what it is, your vision and what you want and where you want to go. It's just coming a little bit more clear. It's coming out. You're grounding into it, to your creativity, to your relationships, to um, your role on the show. And uh, it's going to be grounded. It's coming from the heart. And it's all like oranges is your sacral creativity. And, and, you know, it's all about work and partnerships and like relationships with yourself and others and all levels and layers, time, space, and dimensions. For some reason, I had to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll see what I like reading from the book. Yeah, yeah, please do. <laughs> I love it. Oh, here we go. Expansion. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. That's what yes. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yes. This is what you want to hear. Yes. Okay. <laughs> please continue. It is time to share yourself on a much larger scale. The expansion card is about your connection to large groups of people, whether it is to offer yourself in service through community events, volunteer work, workshops, or healing groups, speaking, or publishing your writing. It's about sharing your gifts and talents in a way that serves many on a more public scale. In doing so, your energy reaches far and wide, having a meaningful and powerful effect on all those whose lives you touch. Now is the time to really put yourself out there. So take a deep breath, aligning your respiratory, digestive, and reproductive system. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) Uh, Where was I? Yeah, now is the time... um, to really put yourself out there. So take a deep breath and trust the process and open wide. Um, I want to see what's on the bottom. Sure. So we got then, 29. Cause I yeah. like it since it's for your show. Yeah. They do it the collective. So at the foundation of the body regen card, which is the bottom of the deck, I like looking at bottom of the decks, increase mm. unlimited potential. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Take that in. Increasing unlimited potentials. I love it. And then at the bottom of the divine guidance deck, we have number 29. And this is very spiritual colors, like the 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 throat chakra, the third eye, and the crown colors. And it's an infinity with like um a light in the middle coming out and rippling out here. Mm, yeah. Lovely. So that's a big connection, and in le- increasing unlimited potentials is the is this is the helper card for this, and it, this is twenty nine thirty. So they're really speak your truth. So just speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is time to speak your truth. You no longer need to hold back what you have to say for fear of what others may think. You are being asked to speak up and share your feelings and wisdom. And whatever is on your mind, of course, you have a show to talk. So when you have something to say, yet hold your words back through fear, you create a blockage in your energy and life. Speak up. 
What you have to say is important and worth being heard. If you are a public speaker, hmm, are you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or have a desire to speak publicly, this card encourages you to use your voice and claim your power. Mm. So I think the fall season is on fire. There we go. Well, thank you for that. Uh, And I'll just add up my final thoughts before we wrap here. Um, It's so interesting that I got respiratory digestion and reproduction. So I'll just say this. I don't want to go too far in depth with these. But um, but almost almost a month ago, I wound up in burnout. And some of that was trying to do too much with the show in a short period of time during retrograde no less (laughs) and i had to take a day or two because i like fried my circuits and had to get away Mm -hmm. from everything so i think maybe i fried my circuits because those chakras were out of alignment or those areas were out of alignment and i think what you're trying to say is is that the momentum of next season is really going to ramp up amongst other things. So take care of those needs and I won't get suffer the same burnout. That's how I take that. Absolutely. Connecting ground and like the, especially with the 30, it's got all the root chakra, right? Grounding, stepping into your creativity and where you want to go and how you're going to present it and coming from the heart center and just, stepping into your power with the solar plexus. It's beautiful expansion, right? So Yeah, and while we're on the topic of expansion, um, without directly giving anything away, because it's locked in the vault for (laughs) most of the summer, is I have seen tremendous expansion in the audience and the growth of this show in just the past couple of months. And I think that expansion is going to continue and go to heights I'd never seen. And how's that going to happen? Well, Here's kind of a rough outline for what the season's going to look like without getting into specifics. I'm targeting some first-time guests with some big reach that have to do with some happenings in the world right now. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'm looking for some first-time guests to dive pretty deeply into some dark subject matter That probably won't be all that fun to talk about, but needs attention, needs to be talked about in order to create awareness, okay? Mm -hmm. Later in the summer before the season starts. That's the truth part. Yes, 100%. Later, before the season starts later in the summer, I'm going to be appearing as a guest on more podcasts to promote the season with uh, shows with larger audiences than mine. And I think that will align in August, September before I really get things going. So there you go. You talked about expansion again. And another main goal for unexplained in the fall is to actually start a community, whether it's a Facebook group or an email newsletter. And there's a very good chance I'm going to have both ready to go by then. Plus the expansion of the Patreon and signing up more patrons because I feel me and my crew are giving some of the best bonus content out there behind the paywall if you're looking for bonus content. And uh, pardon my mouth for a second, but I do have to uh, uh, directly quote a movie here. (laughs) In regardless to some other new stuff you're going to see, I'm going to go with Doc Brown at the end of Back to the Future, where he's talking about the flying car 
taking them, the flying DeLorean taking them to the future. He puts up his uh, sunglasses and says to Marty, you're going to see some serious shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to end by saying that's, I think, what you're going to see next season. If all goes to divine plan, of course, which I believe it will. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there we go. That's, uh, That's exactly what I wanted to hear. But I know, Laura Lee, this was pulled with divine timing in the highest order. This isn't you trying to tell me what I want to hear. This is spirit delivering to you what I need to hear and what the collective needs to hear. So thank you again for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, anyone's interested they can find me on luminous living (laughs) yes yes uh actually just yeah plug your platforms again real quick in case anybody uh missed you doing it back in may yeah well it's luminous living with laura lee um dot com and you can see my website um and uh i do have instagram and tiktok and i have a facebook business page i'm not very good on my social medias i gotta get better at it but um, I am offering like um, Zoom readings if we can't come in person. I am I do have my healing room set up, so um, yeah. So I'm I'm available if anyone's interested. <laughs> and I hope they are. Laura Lee, it's been such fun getting to know you in late 2022 and throughout spring of 2023 here. And uh, we'll be in touch and we'll cross paths again for sure. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity, Phil. I really appreciate it. All right, true believers, there we have it. Another season in the books. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And one of the pluses of this season is that I've seen an insurmountable amount of growth And that is what we're going for. We want to try and get these messages of light out to as many people as possible. And just kind of have fun doing it. That's all I can really ask for. So thank you again for being a true believer. The new website's up. The Patreon is up. And if you go back and watch my archived Instagram live from June 5th, I go more into in-depth as to the value becoming a patron will do for you. And here's a quick tease of what's to come in the fall season. We're going to try and get you a monthly newsletter or an emailing list up. Maybe try looking into launching some new merch. It's been quite a while since I've had to do that. And maybe our own online group through one of the major social platforms just get a bit more of a community vibe going here because there's a lot of you out there and I think we need to connect on a deeper level, which is something I would really be hoping to do as well. So throughout the summer, I'm, uh, I'm recording a new Patreon segment this upcoming Monday, June 12th, and then I am taking a month off from any recording of any kinds, and then I'm going to start back up again in mid-July for the Patreon only. And then maybe in August and early September, I could get ahead on the new season's episodes. I have some guests confirmed, but still a lot of spots wide open. And it's going to be a bit of a different vibe uh, throughout next season. And uh, you're going to have to wait till later this year to understand why and what. I have a 
very exciting potential guest for the season premiere on September 22nd. I will not say who it is until it is 100% confirmed, because you know how these things go sometimes. But if this person does confirm, it is going to be epic, my friends. And if they can't come on in the season premiere and I have to have them on later, that's okay too. We're just going to have to wait and see. And a quick shout out. Um, I wanted to have Canadian mentalist James White on the show. He also does seances in the greater Toronto area around Halloween. He was eyeing to be our guest for this season finale, but he's going through some uh, personal things right now and was unfortunately unable to join us. And my backup guest, uh, Jennifer Mitchell, who is uh, a quantum hypnotherapist, spiritual hypnotherapist, similar to what Jennifer Schluter does. She's also going on um, some travels, which I believe she's already gone. So I think time just ran out to get her in for the end of this season. But I would like to officially welcome both of them back when they are able to record. And we'll do some uh, do some magic together for sure. But hey, we got Jeremy from IRH. That was good stuff from him as always. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed the triple threat action of this season finale and true believers it's been a long one thank you for staying with me did not intend to make this episode this long but here we are and for the summer of 2023 laura lee petty kind of told you what to do but i'm going to remind you one last time stay strong stay healthy and most importantly stay curious because if you ain't curious you may as well already be dead and if you're able to do so have some fun and get some vitamin D from the sun. Trust me, your inner and outer body need it. This is Phantom Phil signing off for another successful season. And we will see you again at the beginning of fall. Unless you join me on patreon.com slash unexplained ink for bonus material. This is Phantom Phil officially signing off.